welcome back to the Fortune in Charge novel review. In this episode, we conclude Chapter 5 and Christopher McNamara's interview for the Life Connections program. This is some more backstory as to McNamara's reaction to being laid off and what he did in the interim. But my intention generally is to convey that he is walking back into the same basic situation. Prior to meeting the Tyrannies, he meets with Professor Cody Mercer, who highlights the positives of this job, but fails to divulge the specific requirements of the job. On the surface, it is a university research program. The pay is meager, but there is also free tuition, and he is only required to work every third day. However, the real job is more in line with nursing, as he sees the requirements for Colin, which include taking care of his bathroom needs and shuttling him to his various jobs and taking him out to restaurants and venues for the weekends. McNamara is naive to an extent. This chapter illustrates a pattern that he faces, which is people exploiting his hard work and eagerness to please, knowing he will just do it and not ask too many questions. His instincts tell him he is not right for this type of work, but he feels stuck and guilty if he says no and agrees to take part in the program. The intention of this chapter is also to show storylines beginning to merge. Some years have passed. We are roughly in the early uh, 2010s. Cody Mercer is now a professor. The tyrannies are relatively the same though older, and we see that Colin is still being thrust into regular life. McNamara is quite literally caught in the middle of these two families, narratively and symbolically connecting them together. Inspiration. When I thought about this fate versus free will theme, I considered how realistically difficult it can be for someone to succeed as the person they are saw fate as realistically being a person's career in this chapter, how we are all at the mercy of it, and at any moment it could drastically change. Not only that something could happen, like falling under the scrutiny of a boss, but how the career forces us to behave differently. One of the small tragedies of this chapter was how McNamara was forced to become more of a disciplinarian while he was a teacher. He naturally is kind and empathetic, but these qualities were interpreted as weak, and when, fe- and when um, feeling his job was in jeopardy, he transformed into a rigid individual, feeling he was more a cop than educator. Same thing is happening to him again. He has no interest in care to this personal level, but he feels he is out of options and must adjust his ethos once again for his career. If he wants to be an educator once more, he must be this different person, endure the two-year sentence in the Life Connections program in order for his life to resume once more. Craft and Structure After we return from McNamara's flashback slash backstory, where we were fully in his perspective, I wanted to face... um, and inter- I wanted him to face an interview that was a barrage of questions from various people. He fields questions from both Mr. and Mrs. Tierney, Curtis, and Professor Mercer, and must adjust his tone and wording accordingly to each. Hope is to convey the pressure of this multi-person interview, 
and the basic ambush of it all, as his understanding of the position is, in general, changed on the fly. He caught up with some reading and writing in the interim, and he got a part-time job as a busboy at a catering hall in Bucks County called Revelries. His colleague, Bernard Peters, informed him that Helping Hands was permanently closing at the end of the month due to contracts not being renewed and budget issues. That made McNamara feel at least slightly better, that Wilton and Zupan's scrutiny was probably the result of something above. It did not make it fair or right, but it at least gave him some solace. He felt terrible for the students who were really starting to grow at Helping Hands, having to relocate to another alternative school. Much of them experienced way too much instability in their young lives, and this might have been the final blow to their faith in education. Of course, once he lost his job, he heard the old cliches, that everything happened for a reason, it was not meant to be, that he would find a better teaching opportunity. He agreed that there must be better opportunities and environments out there, but it hurt to put so much time and energy into something just to have it vanish. At least temporarily, he had dreams of moving out of his parents' house and into an apartment with his friends Burke and Dempsey. Not that he did not get along with his parents or that they weren't supportive, it was just that he longed for independence. Ironically, he had the independence when he was younger, staying on campus at Temple University his first two years. He had a few scrapes here or there, but in his mind, those times were always idyllic, going to parties or just hanging out with Burke and his other roommate on a random weeknight, watching Jeopardy or a ball game and eating Temple cafeteria food every night. In those days, he didn't have to answer to anyone. He didn't have to tiptoe in if he was out late or a little drunk. He didn't have people questioning his decisions. He could just exist how he wanted. McNamara dreamed of going back to that existence and now older and unfettered with campus regulations. Moreover, having a place of his own to take a woman to and possibly having a girlfriend, all now on hold unless he found something full-time. McNamara eventually picked up sporadic substitute teaching jobs at another charter school science and performance charter in the Taconi section of the city. It was more of the same, if not worse, in terms of attitude and behavior. Worse because he was the sub and an easy target for abuse. Nonetheless, between subbing and bussing at revelries, he was moderately making a recovery in terms of saving for an apartment with his friends. The subbing experience solidified in his mind that he could not settle for a city charter school position. These schools were non-union, underpaid, and often closed shop in a similar fashion to Helping Hands. At Revelries one night, McNamara happened to talk to the wedding DJ, who was a math teacher in Bucks County. The DJ was incredibly buoyant and gave McNamara the advice to pursue his master's degree in education. Good, suburb, suburb schools won't hire you otherwise, the DJ explained. You have some time now. My advice is to continue subbing and get the next degree. While talking to his friend Dempsey about his master's plan, Dempsey mentioned the connection he had with LaSalle. A week later, he was in Professor Mercer's office for the first time. Okay, so it's not a tot of money, 20,000 a year, but your grad classes are paid for, so think of it like 40,000 a year. Professor Mercer was skinny and had several marathon bibs hung up in his office. He wore glasses and had a slight stubble, which really exemplified the young professor look in McNamara's mind. You work on a rotation with two other interns, every third day, so only 10 or 11 days a month. That's really good money if you think about it. The first month you'll shadow Curtis, he's our lead intern, and he'll be graduating in May, so you'd be filling his position. It's a two-year internship, 
but he's actually been doing it for something like six years. He is now receiving, I believe, his third master's degree. That's incredible. Yes, he's been very dedicated to the program. That's always a possibility for you, but I'm sure you'll want to get back to teaching. Yes. Good. Well, there is certainly a teaching element to this, I would say. Do you have any questions so far? Yes. So this would be teaching children with um, special needs? Yes. Well, just one person, and he's an adult. Oh, okay. There is a research element to it as well. That is why the university is involved. Qualitative and quantitative research and reports. That sounds interesting. So is it here or like an adult facility? He actually still lives at home. The family is the Tierneys. He does require a good amount of care. That's fine. I'm sure it's a little out of my comfort zone, but I'd like to help him. Do you have any experience with special education? I've had classes in my undergrad and there was this student at Helping Hands. He was 17 and did not know how to read. I worked very hard with him and even though the progress was relatively minuscule, it was rewarding to see him grow. I think my experience with him made me more compassionate, but also helped me realize where I need to grow as an educator, that I need to educate myself further in order to really make an impact on someone like that student. That's great. I think that is really the attitude you need in working with Colin. His progress will be very small, but I believe the rewards are great. He can be challenging at times, but I think you will really be able to form a bond with him. His family is so supportive too. If you're interested, we'd love to have you on board and a part of the Life Connections team. They shook hands and McNamara agreed to have a second meeting a week later to meet Colin and the Tierneys. So here he was in the LaSalle University conference room, waiting to meet Colin for the first time. It had not been ideal how events had transpired, but a free master's degree and steady income was certainly not the worst alternative. He had adapted before and he'd adapt again. They said he would never make the high school basketball team and he worked all summer and made it that winter. They said he was too quiet to be a teacher, but he received spotless evaluations in his student teaching and won several awards at graduation. They said he was lacking as a teacher and laid him off and now the entire damn school was gone and he'd have his master's in two years and he'd be living free with his best friends. And now the doors of the conference room were opening and Colin Tierney was being wheeled in by Curtis followed by the Tierneys. It was shocking for McNamara to see Colin. He had been picturing someone who was a tad slow, possibly a bit eccentric in appearance and manner, but before him was a very small person, about four foot 10 maximum height, in a wheelchair with several contraptions, such as a cup holder, arm desk, and a backpack filled to the brim hanging on the back of his wheelchair. Colin was not totally paralyzed as his small legs with tan orthopedic shoes moved up and down but he obviously lacked the ability to walk effectively. His face was difficult to comprehend, looking both middle-aged and youthful simultaneously, with only a few small tufts of hair, scabbed and irritated scalp, cheeks and a mouth rosy like a young child. McNamara straightened his back at his seat and greeted the party congenially. He asked Colin how he was doing and tried to look at him as sympathetically as possible. Curtis gave Colin a sip from his cup and answered, well, Colin was a little stubborn this morning, but he really crushed it at work today. Curtis, a stout man, about 32 years old, lovingly put his arms around Colin. And then we had lunch at Burger King. My man crushed two double cheeseburgers and fries. Wow, way to go, Colin. Where is he? Where do you work? McNamara asked. He works at PPCU Bank three days a week and Aria Hospital two days a week. Wow, working man. That's right. He has plenty of friends, too. Curtis has just been amazing with Colin. We're going to be sad to see him leave, Mrs. Tierney added. 
She was wearing a beige short trench coat, a Columbia blue ribbed sweater, and black cropped pants. She was slim and reminded McNamara of some aged actress or former first lady aging with grace and dignity. Oh yeah, Curtis is a super guy. We don't know what we'd do without him, Mr. Tierney added. He had the same cloudy blue eyes as Colin, and his cheeks sagged like an old basset hound. The man shook slightly as he spoke. He's been an excellent leader, but Colin has certainly done his part. Hey, Colin, keep up the good work, buddy, Professor Mercer said to Colin. Colin seemed to grim, grin and hooked his thumb to the corner of his mouth and stared out the conference room window. Now, Christopher, I know we talked briefly about some of the details and requirements of this job, but the Tierneys and Curtis would like to ask you some questions. After all, you would be going into their home and really getting to know them in addition to Colin. Mrs. Tierney? Mrs. Tierney straightened herself, clasped her hands together, and looked McNamara in the eyes. Now, I've had a chance to look over your resume, and you have some impressive accolades from Temple and your previous school. I believe it was Helping Hands Academy? Now, I'd first like to ask, what made you interested in this program, and would you be comfortable making the transition from the classroom to a job such as this? McNamara had to search for a moment. Well, obviously the scholarship opportunity is a huge incentive. I would like to set myself up to be viable for a top school district in the area, and I think a master's degree and a program like this would do wonders for me. Although I still desire to be a teacher, I think a program like this is teaching in a very authentic sense, really getting to the core of helping an individual grow and succeed in the world. That is really education to me, and I'd hope to learn from this program and your son as well. Very good. So this really involves someone who is compassionate and will essentially be like a member of the family. Do you think you are prepared for some of the more intimate elements of the job? Well, I do not have much experience with special education, but are you okay with the bathroom stuff? Curtis interjected, um, like helping Colin go to the bathroom and changing his diaper. McNamara hadn't considered this, hoping Colin would be capable of doing this on his own. Well, huh, I've... I'm honestly not used to things like that, but I can learn. It's not as bad as you think, dude. I'd show you how to do it. Oh yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't be a problem then, McNamara responded. Of course it was a problem. It is a gigantic problem. There are also the respites, Mr. Tierney said. Respites? Overnights. Mrs. Tierney and I, well, need a break from time to time. Sometimes we might have a wedding or a police or firefighter gala or an event with the grandkids or go down to our shore house for the weekend and you would be responsible to watch and take care of Colin. I would stay overnight at your house? Yes, most likely only one weekend night a month. I'll train you how to do that as well. It'll be a regular guy's night, right, Colin? Curtis put his hands on Colin's shoulders and squeezed. McNamara did not know what to make of this gesture or the details he was hearing. To him, it sounded more like a nursing job than related to the university and education. Weekends are great, Curtis continued. You just go to ball games or movies or the aquarium and restaurants with Colin. We all need our weekends, right, Colin? Colin emitted some type of moan. What a job to go out and have fun, Curtis said with glee. Yeah, that's amazing to get paid to do those things, McNamara replied. Well, you get $120 for expenses, and they must be logged, Professor Mercer added. You'll go over, but hey, it's still not bad, Curtis continued. McNamara felt somewhat overwhelmed, essentially being interviewed by four people at once. Do you have any questions for us? McNamara had a plethora of questions, but he did not want to say anything stupid. So he just said, no, I don't have any questions. I would be excited and grateful if I were to be hired for the position. I promise to work to the best of my abilities. 
Perfect. Well, we will let you know soon. Thank you for coming, Professor Mercer concluded, and McNamara shook everyone's hands, including Collins, though the man did not close the grip to his hand. The next day, Professor Mercer called and offered McNamara the internship position. McNamara accepted and would begin the training in the beginning of May. Thank you again for listening and all of your support. Join us next time as we read Chapter 6. As always, please follow on Instagram and Matthew Glasgow uh, author is the um, address. And visit Amazon for reading options. So long.